Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Ask the Amigos for September. Uh, we have amassed all of your Discord questions, and we will answer them thusly. First up, Kate Fox asks, what computers did you two use in school? <laughs> oh, and None. what grade were you in when you first saw one at school, and what did you use it for? All right, I'll start the show on this one. Okay. Uh, no computers uh, until I was in the sixth grade. That's the first time I ever saw one, uh, and that was a, an Atari, or excuse me, a, a Tandy uh, uh, model. It was a one or a three. I get because they sort of look the same, you know. Uh, that was the first computer I ever saw, like at school, and then. Eventually, I saw some Atari 800s that came in. I think they were 800s, both. Yeah, they were 800s. And, or may, they were still then, there uh, when I was there. And then eventually, when I got to high school, uh, they had picked up enough computers for a computer class, and those were the old PS... What were those? The old IBM... Was it PS1s or PS2, something like that? You know, yeah. the PS2s. Uh, and, the, and so that was what we had. And so eventually, when I got... To, and by the way, keep in mind, I learned how to type on typewriters. So that's, that's how old I am. So... That eventually we got those uh, computers in there. That that was pretty much the extent of it. What about you? Um, we didn't have computers until I was in fifth grade, so I yeah. was almost the same as you. And those computers were the IBM PS twos, probably the, the same group that came in with yours. Yeah. Um, we had one computer in the back of our room, and uh, we never used it. Uh, I had a pc at home so i was the wonder of the classroom because i could operate dos commands and load games and stuff and so people yeah, thought i was yeah. amazing yeah, um, yeah and then when i got to middle school i took a step back in time because we had a lab full of atari 800s yeah and again yeah. i was the wizard of the day because i had an atari at home and i brought in tons of games and we played tons of games in those classes so that was a room full of those things wasn't it yeah it was quite a few in there yeah yeah i remember that and uh, then when I got to high school, those same IBM computers from when you were there were still there. But I yeah. didn't take any computer classes in high school, so I very rarely use those. I effectively taught class. You could ask Hose. He was in there. The, one day, the teacher just turned over the reins to me, and I went up and taught the class. And he got so mad because I actually knew what I was talking about that I never got to do that again. <laughs> he was, Of course, this guy ended up getting fired for gross negligence. So mm. there you go. I will say that computers were not a part of the curriculum at all, like when I was in school. Any part of my public school experience, we had a computer class as part of like eighth grade shop. That that, that was when I used the Ataris. Yeah. But other yeah. than that, there was no required computer class or anything. Yeah. So I, I never used computers at school. Yeah. And I mean, this was still a time when most people were handed in papers that were handwritten. And so not a big deal in West Virginia no. to this day. No. Yeah. Um, Dave Velociraptor asks, I'm 45. Am I more or less between your two ages? Yes, you are yes. more or less between our two ages. Chris Folds asks, what's your favorite dessert? You've talked about this before. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. It's Mississippi, Mississippi mud. Mississippi mud. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the answer to that one. That's good eating, Boat. Uh, for me, it's probably brownies. I like brownies. I like fudgies. I've told you about those. Yeah. Half brownie, half fudge, or Mr. Donut. Those are also at the top of my list. That's, that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, you know, great. I like all the cheap crap, too. Like, give me a Swiss cake roll any day. I'll eat, like, six right now. Don't get me started. Little Debbie's a good a close Fudge rounds. Oh, yeah. Oatmeal cream oh, yeah. pies, the doubles. I'm in. I wonder why, wonder why I'm a big fat guy. You're <laughs> killing me right now. Um, 
Chris Folds also asks, he says, I saw Oasis in a pub before they got signed and me and my friends agreed no one would ever hear about them again. Can you name some occasions where you have been way off the mark? So this is not about bands. It's just when have you been really wrong about something that took off? Um, well, I can't say that. I don't think I've ever been wrong about something that took off. I will say, well, that's not true. I mean, I've got two things. My buddy played a Guns N' Roses, the first that Appetite for Destruction album for me. It was you know, forever before everybody knew who they were. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is no good. This is too hard. Mm-hmm. This is this is Aaron of that era. And then Welcome to the Jungle came out, and they became a mega star. So it was, but this is way before that. There, that happened a bunch of times. People recommended stuff to me, and then I thought it was crap, and they got over. But when it comes to someone who was not what I thought they would be, and I'm sure I've mentioned this, but I saw Blue Oyster Cult in a, in a little bar in in Lexington, and they walked out on stage, and it looked like someone had raided the old folks' home of hippies, and they just they kind of dumped them on the stage. I was like, man, these guys are going to suck. And then they were the best thing I ever saw. So I will say, Blue Oyster Cult, they went from looking like garbage. Well, they still looked like garbage. They played like angels. They were awesome. So I'll say that. Okay. Well. You've never remember. This is not about bands. This is not the question. Isn't about bands. It's about oh, what. Sorry. What is something that came out that you thought would be a huge dud? It can oh. be technology. It can be anything. I got it. And it took off. iPad. I thought this was a, a, a. I still think it's no good. I thought the iPad was a. I thought this is garbage. No one's buying this. It's been tried and it, and it didn't do well. I was like, this is not going to work. And then, boy. I sure looked like a jerk over that one because it got over like I can't believe you answered that because Pixels also put that in the chat just now. And that is also my answer. (laughs) I thought the iPad was going to be the biggest flop in Apple's history. I was like, nobody's going to want to use a huge phone. They've already got a phone. They don't need a big thing that can't fit in their pocket. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, was I still wrong. don't know how it got over. I swear to God. Yeah, because it'd been and the thing is, it's not even original. It's not right. like they. I mean, Apple. Hey, listen, no one could badmouth the iPod. That thing was a piece of work. Okay, uh, but the and and of course that was a that had a big play on the iPad because that had sold so many of those and people were like into the Apple. They were into Apple at that mm-hmm. point, and it's not to say that the iP- the iPad is ugly or is not functional. It just it'd been done. And it wasn't that no one cared. No one cared about that crap. I, 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 to this day, I'm baffled at the success of those, not just the iPad, but all those things, the tablets. But man, they got over, yep. you know, like gangbusters. So yeah, that's funny, but we actually agree on that with folds. Now, Frodo asks, what's your favorite desert? I'm going to say, um, hmm, you answer that one first, boat. I'm going to go with the Gobi. I gotta think about that. My favorite desert. Um, let's go with the. Uh, uh, it's too tough. It's tough. I'm gonna go with see. What's the no? What's the what's the desert out there in California? The Mojave. Uh, Mojave. Or, yep. Mojave yeah, Desert. Let's go with Mojave. That's a good I like choice. To say the word Mojave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Paul asks, "What's your favorite breakfast?" Um. I like I like pancakes from Cracker Barrel. They have to be from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that with some sausage links, you know, and uh, maybe a big glass of milk. That's good. That's good eating. Yeah. Breakfast is you? my favorite meal of the day. I love yeah. breakfast food. Um, I really like um, the full on Irish breakfast. Uh, both years I went to Amiga Ireland, had it. Yeah. It's it's your basic American breakfast. 
but you also get but that like whiskey but you get that blood sausage you gotta eat a ton of that blood sausage and uh and there's a, a fried tomato they put on it and uh yeah so yeah. i didn't think you'd be a fan but I, I i like that that was good good eating uh actually also in ireland i ate eggs benedict for the first time in my life uh, that's also not a food I don't think you, you would like very much. But uh, I thought it was great on toast. I thought you were going to say Biscuit World. Since you, that seems to be, you think I love Tudors, so too. Awesome. Yeah, I love Tudors, too. I would eat Tudors all the time, but I would weigh 600 pounds because it's pure lard. Pure lard in their biscuits. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Chris. Uh, oh, he's just being funny. Pixels at Dawn asks... What's your favorite type of natural setting? And he gives you some examples. Could it be a forest, a cave, a lake, beach, etc.? Well, I do like a beach. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, here's what I like. When we were coming back from the, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, we got detoured off the interstate, and we went to this place called Pleasant Valley. All right? It's aptly named. And it was it was a dip into the mountains, so you could see all the mountains everywhere. But it was a, it, a valley; it was like tucked away down there, you know. And it'd be the long grass flowing. It was sunny, and it was kind of a breeze. I like that kind of atmosphere where you're in like a valley with like that fields in a valley. Mm-hmm. You know, I could mm-hmm. dig that too. I'm really down with that because I like to look up at the mountains and stuff around you. But you get that sort of like protected feeling. Sure, you know? so I know go. exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, my favorite is, uh, I can tell you my least favorite. My least favorite is whatever we've got around here. Like living, owning a house in the woods in West Virginia is not, is not my favorite. I I don't like our normal sort of forestry. And I think it's just because I've grown up and it's just been all around all the time. Like my brother, or I'm sorry, my sister and her husband, they want to get, they want to buy like a house out in like Greenbrier County or something like that. Never for me. Uh, I it's like awful, beautiful boat. I, I I mean I love it around here. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I just I it's it's not not for me. Although I I do like the, all the natural things that the woods protect you from, like uh, serial I think, killers. I and think stuff you like just that. don't like it because all those trees fell over and you had to go deal with them. That's true. And about the fifth or sixth one, you were like, screw this. Where's um, the desert at? I like mountains that are huge. Like um, when I was in Japan. I remember seeing like looking across a field with like rice patties and stuff. And then you see like the huge mountains rise up with like the snow on top and stuff like that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, probably I would probably go with that. I also like I actually don't mind like being in a city either. Like um, with cities, there's always stuff to look at. Um, it, it, you know, it depends on where you are in the city, you know, and what city you're in. But I, I don't mind a good cityscape. Um, I'm not a huge beach person. Like I like the beach for about a day a year. And then past that, I feel like I've had my, my fill of the beach. It's the sand that hoses you. Yeah. That stuff gets old. Yeah. 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 I having to like hose yourself off all the time and stuff like that. Um, but overall, I think I just like variety, you know, give me a different place. I'd love to be rich enough where I could own different homes all over the place and spend like a week at a time at each one in a different environment. I think that would be cool. Keep trying, man. You're getting there. I'm getting there. You'll be like Ted DiBiase making his summer residence in Hurricane West Virginia. <laughs> you know, that, that shtick. Uh, Paul asks, do you think there might be life outside our planet? I'm not sure there's life on this planet. Boom, sometimes. chick. Bam. Boop. Uh, yes, I, I would say statistically, it's it's probably yes. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I think that yeah. it, it, I would be very surprised if there was not life off off the planet. Would you be surprised if you if someone were to say life from other planets has visited Earth? That's a great question. I think statistically the chances of that are very low. What do you think, though? Um, I'd I like said, to, I read that COVID COVID has caused UFO sightings to go up like forty percent. I'd like to hope so. Like I, I I'd like to think that like some of that stuff is true. Like when you see lights up in the sky, maybe it's people that are like looking at us and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like a first contact moment though would be like, it would trigger all sorts of like horrible behavior. It definitely wouldn't be like star Trek. It would be like, we'd have like wars and crap and that wouldn't be good. So yeah. 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 Um, Paul also asks, he says, and this is a more of a question for you because you're a parent. What's your views on limiting children's game times? Oh, I guess, or anyone for that matter. It, it's definitely something you should consider. Listen, I, I'm I'm a uh, I'm ham and egg in this fatherhood. I don't I don't know what I'm doing. All right, I'm not gonna lie. I'm doing the best I can, uh, and I don't limit his video game play that much. And he plays games and watches videos all the time, all the time. If I if I if there's an item or right now he's in there watching videos and playing games probably at the same time, you know. Now I think back to what I did when I was a kid because I don't remember my mom and dad coming in saying turn off that record player or stop watching Battlestar Galactica. But the di- it's a big difference because the the stuff we could do full time wasn't that much fun mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I mean if I'd had uh if I'd had a handheld gimmick that had all these awesome games, yeah, I'd be the, probably the same way. You know, I don't think I turned that all that bad. Uh, but, uh, you know, much like you said with your phone, uh, answer from earlier, too much of, of that stuff, it, it does bother me. Uh, so yes, you should limit it. I do try to limit it, especially during school. Uh, but this also the COVID's made it a lot tougher. You know, I try to get him out of the house more and get more activities going, but again, it's limited. So it's, it's just tough. It's tough. So yeah, I guess my answer is yes, there should be a limitation, but I don't know what it is, how to implement it, or how to enforce it. How's that? Uh, Simulant asks, what's your favorite Rocky film? Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay. My favorite Rocky film is Rocky IV. Uh, no, that's, that's a lie. No, Rocky One is the three. best. Rocky Three. is Rocky the best. III, okay. Yeah, because you had Mr. T. You had Hulk Hogan. That's true. That, the Hulk Hogan Hogan's scene is great. Here, baby, yeah. in the flesh. <laughs> and, and, and that great scene where Hulk presses Rocky over the top rope, and Rocky does the same thing to Hulk, which is ludicrous. <laughs> but you've got you've got uh, Mr. T in there being awesome. Yeah. You know, awesome. I just love that movie. Of all the Rockies, that's my by far my favorite. Nothing even comes close to that one. Um, let's see. Mitsuyama asks, what's the worst thing about the retro gaming hobby or scene? I'll answer this one because I've got an answer queued up in my mind. It's the people that don't let you enjoy what you enjoy. It's the people that say, hey, I really like playing this game. And they're like, oh, you're you're garbage because you're not using an RGB monitor. Oh, you're garbage because you're not using authentic hardware. Oh, you're garbage because you're not using a CRT. It's those people that ruin, they take what people enjoy and they try and and twist it so they're not having as much fun because they haven't spent as much money or had the same experience that they had. I uh, I understand where you're coming from uh, on that, uh, but I just don't, I just ignore them. And so there's that. I can't ignore but them. I can't. 
uh, on the flip side, uh, uh, what do I hate the most? I, I sort of touched on this a couple weeks ago in a little insert this too. I, I think, I think that the ho- the hobby, the uh, how about I take the I think the enthusiast side of retro gaming is being overwhelmed by the uh, collection side of retro gaming, which is uh, there's a I'm not saying there's not a happy medium, but I mean the, the the someone somewhere decided, hey, we can make a boatload of cash on this thing, and again we talked about this earlier. I don't have a problem with that, but it to me it's sort of they're sort of sucking the fun away from this to a certain degree. I, I sometimes look at this stuff and wonder, uh, uh, what the, I, I wonder what's going on. I get mad with stuff like the Turk and thing. And like I said, more power to them if they can make the money, but I can't, I can't get in the head of the people that are participating in it. I don't, I don't understand what's going on. Another thing that boggles my mind, it's not, it's not, that doesn't boggle my mind. It's just something I can't do anything about is that, the stuff that I thought was interesting in, ter- in the retro gaming era is being surpassed by newer retro gaming things. Like no one gives a crap about the Atari Twenty Six Hundred anymore. Everyone loves the N Sixty Four. Nobody wants example. to play the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Just ask Neil. Yeah, he buried <laughs> it. I, I was I was watching that, you know, uh, and uh, it's so it's that's hard to cope with, and that's something that everyone's been coping with since the retro thing started. The stuff that you consider retro, like I was talking to, uh, I think it was Folds earlier, and he's talking about telling me about to put the PS2 on the wheel, which and I don't have a problem with that. No, but he's like, you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of blowback. You know, we did the Xbox on the wheel too. We don't. I don't well, care. That was I don't care about right. that. Oh, now, hey, it's your opinion. <laughs> but, you um, know, but like the PS2s, Richard, for some people, for some people, it's blasphemy to think that the right. PS2 is there. You're right. You're so right. There it's you a, go. There's it's a, a funny there's a big thing. Wad of an answer. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, L. Curtis Boyle asks. I know that you have both tried programming and it isn't really your thing, but have either or both of you thought of helping design a game along with a programmer? I have dabbled back when I was younger. We talked about that a while back. Uh, I could not do anything to help anyone. I could, I could maybe come up with a concept for a game, but uh, it's I'll be honest with you, I never really thought about it. To, 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 you know, you know the guys over. Uh, you ever listen to uh, uh, Retro Gaming Roundup? Right, they had a dude design a Retro Gaming Roundup video game with them in it. Right, this is before SoCal Mike left, and so they were all buddies still. And I thought to myself, I, I, I wondered if they had a say in what the game was. You know, the the uh, Angry Video Game Nerds got a game. I wondered if he had a say in how that was like a Punch Out clone. If someone said, Aaron. We want you to help design this game. You know, not necessarily about me, but just in general. I don't know what I would. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I've never thought about it. So I'd say no. I. I've never thought about it, and I don't think I'd successfully give any ideas. What about you? I don't think I'd be very good at coming up with an original design for a game, but I think that I'd be okay at identifying things that could improve an existing game. Uh, one of the things that I enjoy about the show is that we very rarely play a perfect game, but there's always one or two things that I think with a tweak could really take it over the top. And so yeah. whatever whatever that role is in the game development process, I feel like I could do. I think you, you know, I'm going to give you credit there. If someone rolled a concept past me, I think that I could actually lend a hand on. Yes, because or, or it said, listen, here's what the game is going to look like. You know, I, I could be like, "Hey, you're taking up one third of the screen with the scoreboard," or "Hey, you know, your uh, your mascot is a is a is a brick with two eyeballs." 
you know, wrong. Or like you're putting <laughs> stickers in the box. We're 40. How about that? So, yeah. We would be the crotchety old jerks that complain about the concept until they change it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Frodo and L asks, which character from Harry Potter do you identify with the most? Um, you know the fat bearded guy, Robbie, Robbie Cogrid, I think played him. Yeah, I don't know anything about Harry Potter because I don't. I never watch any of that crap. But I like the fact that there's a. I like that guy. Plus, he's a big, weird, bearded freak. So I would go with that guy. Hagrid's pretty good. Hagrid's okay. pretty good. Um, I'd probably go with Neville Longbottom. I'll just leave it at that. Enough said. Simulant asks, what is your favorite ever baddie guy in an Amiga game? Um, my favorite bad guy in an Amiga game. Um, gosh. I gotta think back here for a minute. What you got? Anything that comes off the top of your head? No. There's not. A, I, the, nothing is really sticking out for me as far it's as funny, like the first thing that popped into my head was the Germans because we've played a lot of games with the Germans. <laughs> You're down on the Germans today, man. No, I love the Germans. I'm just saying Rocket Ranger and Wings. They were the Germans with the bad guys. <laughs> those are two, two things that popped into my head. Uh, uh, but. Uh, um, and also with the uh, escape from cold, it's which <laughs> what we did. You know, they they got hosed. You know, they they're paying, but, but those came to mind. Um, I don't really, I don't think I can't right time to think of a real strong like bad guy in, in one of the games. You know that that it, it's uh, funny. I, I, one of the things that I think sets Japanese developed games apart from both American and European developed games is that there always seems to be, at least in the major franchises, the bad guy is almost as big of a star as the hero character. So, for example, like who's the ba- who's the who's the last guy in James Pond? Nobody knows, you know. But like Sonic and Mario, it's like Bowser and Eggman or his whatever his name is is uh, you know. I'm sure there are memorable bad guys in Amiga games like Final Bosses, but I never get to them, so I never know who they are. I guess you know, that that weird looking jacked up crab thing at the end of the first level, Hybris. That's my, that's the one that sort of chimmies along. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember when we did uh, someone converted Karatika over to the uh, to the Amiga uh, way way back, and we played it. Mm-hmm. And remember that there's a bad guy in that that has a bird on his shoulder, and I believe he actually. I believe he backhands the guy's girlfriend. I always thought he was sort of a jerk. There's also the bad guy in Prince of Persia, too. Yeah, yeah. They're very similar. Yeah. They could be the same guy. Um, What about your favorite hero, Aaron? Lionheart, of course. Of course. That's a stupid question. He's the best. Um, Dave Velociraptor asks, what's your favorite lion-based Amiga game? Um, The Lion King. I'm going to go with Brian just, the Lion. It, it's Lionheart, of course. Double answer. <laughs> Chris Folds asks, what achievement are you proud of but most people would consider silly or weird? Oh, man. God, so many of those. Because I do a lot of stupid crap. I'll be honest with you. I would go back. When I when I put together my uh, El Hijo de uh, El Generico outfit, I was so proud of that outfit. 
I remember I was talking just the other day. I was spray painting his underwear in sub-zero temperatures on the por- front porch <laughs> at Mud Mountain, spray painting them gold. And I was using the wine holders for my gauntlets, you know, my to pull up my... I was so proud of that cheap, ugly, stupid-looking outfit with the cape made out of a curtain. I love that thing. So, yeah, I, I would say that would be right at the top of the list, my, my luchador outfit from 20 years ago or 10 years ago. What about you? Um, probably, like whenever I'm standing in front of the band and it's at a concert or something. And I know that like the band doesn't sound awesome to your average layman because it's a middle school band. But I just think about all of what we've come through from the time that they first picked up their instrument, you know, and they didn't know anything like that never gets old. Like I've been doing this, this is my eighth year. And, um, I still feel so proud that like, you know, I had a hand in taking them from knowing nothing to knowing something about something. Oh yeah, but I mean that's not an accomplishment where everyone's gonna think you're goofy. I mean, that's a that's a proper feeling you're getting there. I think uh, Frodo sums yours up. That power supply in the box that was boat. Oh yeah, so maybe that. Is just <laughs> I am pretty proud of that though. I drilled yeah. those holes in there with a power drill. Yeah, I've still got it. It's sitting over here right now. Simulan asks, "What do you guys think of Amstrad's Mega PC?" Imagine a world where you're writing a Word document and then you slot a Mega Drive game in and play Streets of Rage. So have you seen this oh, thing? Yeah. I, I think I think Neil uh, had a look at this thing, didn't he? Um, I love I like the I like the fact that Sega licensed out their hardware to appear in these weird things. So I dig that. Uh, you know, I, I would love to have one of those, frankly, but uh, they're rare. So yeah, but that's cool. Uh, those are real cool. I'm I agree. I, w- I, w- I would like to see every PC have a, a a cartridge slot in it, just 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 there, just in case. It's amazing that they didn't. You know, in my mind, I mean, a lot of them did, but a lot of them didn't. It's surprising. Mm-hmm. The Amiga needed a good cartridge slot in it. That yeah, would be awesome. Did. Yeah. Flack asks if the collection of Amigos retro gaming podcasts are the Avengers, which superhero best represents each show and or host. Well, so we're the Avengers. Yeah, so there's us, there's you and Brent, there's the Pixel Gaiden guys, and there's uh and there's Flack. Oh, okay. Let's now see. I don't know anything about the Avengers and I've never seen any of the movies because I find them insufferable, so you're gonna have uh-huh. to take this one. Oh man. Well, Bo, you would probably have to be like Captain America. Oh man, thank you're you. So, you're you're a very wholesome young go getter. Wow, like Cap, that's high and you praise. You also abhor violence and you don't cuss. That's the same with Captain. That's a Captain America. He's mm. the same way. But there's a little bit of Iron Man in there too. But you're mostly Captain America. <laughs> I would say uh, Brent uh, would be probably like the Hulk, just a big lumbering idiot. Uh, <laughs> that's that. There's more trouble than he's worth. Uh, but this Hulk has no Bruce Banner. He's just a lumbering idiot. Uh, I would say that the Pixel Gaiden guys uh, would be... Let me see here. Those are two Californians who... Uh, uh, so I would say Cody would be... I think Eric is sort of like uh, uh, Ant-Man, and Cody's sort of like Black Widow. Mm. So you got those two right there. Isn't and Black Widow would, a girl? That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, and then I would say that I would be, boy, who would I be? I would say Hawkeye, uh, but more like the Hawkeye in the comics, the sort of argumentative, like, like jerk of the group that uh, that uh, Roy has no superpower. I just kind of can I have one thing I can do, and that's pretty much it. So I would say that would be me. So I think I think that's you forgot I'll Flack. Leave out. Oh, Flack. Well, Flack is definitely Iron Man. There's no doubt about that. 
you know, he's 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 uh, doing great out there. He's a smooth customer, just like he's a good talker, just like Tony Stark. You know, so not too bad. So there you go. All right, Avengers assemble. Right. There right. You got it, man. Okay. Uh, Lord Soup asks. The ARG group of awesome shows and is expanding and absorbing like Tetsuo at the end of Akira. Who's next? It's creepy. That's a creepy film, by the way. Who are you going to absorb? Who? who, And and that's a good question. Like an amoeba, we're just kind of sucking people. Who's next on your hit list, boat? I don't know. I I, I don't feel like. um, How about Leo Laporte? Can you get him? Yeah, I'm going to try and get uh, Leo. Uh, I thought about um, getting Joe Rogan, but he's a little bit too bush league for our network. Who's got Who's got the biggest, most powerful Amstrad podcast? There is, a, I think, there's a Spanish guy that's got a, an Amstrad podcast. So what are you saying is there's no Englishmen that are that are taking on the Amstrad? I think the only one is. A, I think it's. I think it's just a Spanish guy. Maybe he speaks English. There's your answer. All we'll right, make it happen, somebody. <laughs> make it happen. I'm saying we're covering. We got the Commodore. We've got sort of the indie scene, sort of newish, sort of oldish guys at Pixel Gaiden. I don't know what we do. Whatever we do, we do our thing, you know. And an ARG covers all the weirdo stuff. So now we, but the Amstrad sorely underutilized, underappreciated boat. So True. I'm like to see an Amstrad guy. Uh, Simulan asks, which Simpsons character are you most like, and which would you be if you could choose? I'm most like comic book guy because I'm a big fat. I used to have the point on everything. I got hassled a lot by that. Uh, but I would say I'm mostly I have more in common with Homer than I do anything else. What about you? Oh, I'm definitely Millhouse, 100%. <laughs> 100%. No comment. I'm not saying nothing. Uh, which would I be if I could choose? I don't know. Probably, uh, probably Flanders. I'd be Disco Stew. Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah, that's a good choice. Bundy asks, um, "What car did you have that your nickname was derived from?" Um, I my my nickname was not derived from a car. It was derived from a "They Might Be Giants" song called "Boat of Car." I've never owned a large car, um, and I hope to never own one. Frodo and L asks, "What's your favorite modern PC game?" You know, we're playing a game right now called cross cut i think is what it's called it's a free-to-play car fight game like you know, carmageddon these deals it's like carmageddon but it's set in the in like in a different type of future where, and also you're not going out there to run over pedestrians this is more like this is more like interstate 76 you know it's sort of like with a little bit of mad max thrown in interstate and 76 a, what's that you never heard of that one? It's like a gas it's station, a, the big orange no, it's sign. A, it's a car game from back in the in the, in the early nineties, the mid nineties, where you it took place in like this disco-y seventies where the gas shortage never ended, and it was a car combat game. It was real cool. This is sort of like that, but it's uh, modernized and it's cool. I get on there with my buddies. It's a lot of fun. There's missions you run with your cars. You get to make your cars, and the cars can be like. Think about taking two buses and smash them together and then put like a satellite dish on top and put like spikes all over it. These weird, bizarre creations. You can make anything. There's guys that make cars out of like old airplane parts and stuff. And mm. so you get all these crazy looking vehicles. So I'm digging that right now. I love that. I'm playing a lot of that. I'm playing a lot of Persona 4 Golden, which is not a PC native game, but it, it just got a PC port. And I love it. 
I also started playing Yakuza Zero, and I'm enjoying that a lot more than I thought I would. But you, because you can turn off all the blood and the the gore, because I couldn't mm. handle it otherwise. So you're a friendly, happy-go-lucky, non-violent Yakuza member. Exactly, exactly. Sounds I, realistic to me. I beat the crap out of people, and they never show any. Da- and there's no battle damage. All right. Um, Pixels of Dawn asks, "What's your favorite science fiction story?" Um, gosh. <laughs> Why don't you? You're super well read. Let me think of what's one I like the most. My favorite science fiction story is a is a book called A Canticle for Leibowitz, and it is a post apocalyptic uh, story about this monastery where these guys preserve um, a blueprint of a uh, circuit board for like thousands of years to the point where they no longer remember what it is. They just remember it's important. And the book takes place over three like generations of monks in this monastery. And, um, and it's, it's, uh, it's from the sixties. So there's a strong like nuclear weapons bent to it, but it's excellent. A canticle for Leibowitz. Okay. Oh, Rob, you've read it. That's insane. I thought I was the only person on earth that's read that book. I'm glad you've read it. I'm going to go, and this is off the top of my head. I read this. I read this sort of a novella, I guess, called "The Day of the Triffids." You ever heard of this? No. Uh, it was under a different name when I read it, but that's the big, more popular name. It's it's got by a guy named John uh, Wyndham, and it was uh, just one of these books. I'll tell you how I found this thing. Uh, if, if you want the gory details, I was looking for something to read to can, and I had this book, this assemblage of like classic science fiction that I picked up for, like a buck at Goodwill. And this was like the one of the first stories in it. I read it. it was great. It's another post-apocalyptic sort of a gimmick. Uh, where there's aliens involved. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. I recommend it to anyone that likes that sort of thing. Good stuff. Frodo also has read A Canticle for Leibowitz. So fantastic, awesome. He's read mine too. Yeah, Frodo's a big reader. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know what's funny about Frodo? Even though he's a Netherlander, d- Dutch guy. He uh he says that uh like ninety eight percent of his books are in English and then the other two percent are some like regional dialect that's not that's not Dutch it's some sort of weird language that he mm. might have invented that's what he said okay Chris folds asks MacGyver once broke a lock by melting some ice with a light bulb dripping the water into a lock and waiting it for it to freeze again based on that logic if you had a candle some duct tape and a broken Amiga, how would you reheat some pizza? I'm going to just read the question part again. If you had a candle, some duct tape, and a broken Amiga, how would you reheat some pizza? Here's what I would do. Okay, and I know this from fact, from just working on one. The Amiga has a big metal shield on the top of it. Mm -hmm. You can take this thing off. What you do is you take this thing off, you duct tape it to two to the side of the wall, and you put the candle under it, and then you put the pizza on top of the panel, and the candle will heat up that entire panel, and then thusly reheating your pizza. You know, I could have thought about that for two hours and not come up with a better answer. So I go with that. And our final question of this month's Ask the Amigos comes from Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, and he asks, if you were a Top Gun pilot, what would your handle be? Um, hmm. What do you got? You got anything on the, on tap in the brain? Asinine. <laughs> that was my nickname in college, so I'd go with that. It was? Yeah. 
Who like, you, you know how that? you and Hose constantly call each other Hose all the time? People keep saying that, but I don't know about that. Well, me and my buddy Greg, we constantly would call each other asinine. So, asinine. Wow. I think I would just go with my devil bunny. I want, hey, listen, it, it got keep it keep it with me. So that'd be I'd be the devil bunny. Let them ponder what that means on the side of my plane as I'm gunning them down. All right, and that's going to end this month's edition of Ask the Amigos. We thank all of our fine fine Discord participants for uh, setting up these questions. And if you too would like to submit a question to us, all it takes is a dollar a month to join up on Patreon or PayPal. And you can join the fun on our Discord. We will see you next week or next month. But by the time you hear this, maybe it will be next week uh, for another edition of Ask the Amigos for uh, October. Boy, October. The year's flying by. We'll see you guys next time.